Today's date is December 11th, never forget, 1992. <laughs> it's not the holiday that you're thinking Go of. to the movie theater, order some roasted chestnuts, uh, ask them if you can bob for apples behind the old concession stand there. They'll let you today to yeah, celebrate. I think, that's what, uh, I think that's what Tom Cruise says, right, in the TikTok. He's like, I love my, I love my, love my movies, oh. love my popcorn, <laughs> love my apple bobs. Yeah, love my <laughs> love my Apple Bob's movies, Apple Bob's. They will do anything for you today so that you can be ready to sit down and sing along to the words as Paul Williams wrote them. There goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grimm. If they gave a prize for being mean, the winner would be him. The Muppet Christmas Carol came out yesterday. Oh, you should, just the best. You should have seen it five or six times by now. Uh, you've had yeah. about 24 <laughs> hours. Sure, A Few Good Men also came out this week, but fuck that. Oh. You can't handle the oh, truth. Yeah. In all, all, it is not all half respect, as iconic that. as Michael Caine saying no. one time, I'm bugged. That's all you need it's for a movie. It's the best. And and uh and I think for the three of us it was required viewing uh for most choir caroling trips we did to <laughs> San Antonio. I feel like on the, the charter bus sure. right there every every time. It's just about exactly the right what, length. That was what was played. You get to the river walk you're like, ah, "Give me five more minutes. You hadn't turned good yet." All right. You got here a little bit too quick. Ah, uh, just one of the best. It's a very good one. And it especially like all the same creative team pretty much is involved in like Elmo's Adventures in Grouchland a couple years later and it's not as good. <laughs> like you, you there's a sharp <laughs> drop off in quality when you like take away uh the, the, there's just something magical about that one and and Muppet Treasure Island too. I I it's been a while since I revisited that one, but I think it probably holds up pretty well. Uh, also um the the Muppets uh the ABC uh office style sitcom. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Holds up. No, it doesn't. It it Uh-oh. does not hold up at all. <laughs> we got them. You can't decide in season four of a show that there's magic in the show now. They just took a big old shit on that property when they <laughs> decided to make that. I, I just don't understand what they were doing there. They're clawing their way back up. I think this Electric Mayhem thing is supposed to be pretty good. Um, and I, I guess to drum up publicity for you know the concept of Muppets... They just have them like out doing appearances places. I saw at a at a festival, a like a my morning jacket, just a fully regular band on one song <laughs> featured animal on the drums <laughs> on <go>. stage. <laughs> Thousands of people just there to see my morning jacket. Got a little bit of animal sprinkled on top of that bad boy. <laughs> animal style. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know to ask for it. Uh, I'm Alex Diamond. I know every secret menu after I look it up online (laughs) because I'm not cool and I don't know already. So I have to be told by somebody else. And that somebody is John McDaniel. He's in the know. He works for foodmakerfoodeater.com. Yeah, I work for I work for big food. Nice. So and nothing uh, but good things to say. 
the secret person on the inside blowing the whistle, uh, telling all the secrets that Big Food doesn't want you to know, David Kenny. Yeah, I'm making a documentary on foodmakerfoodeater.com. Uh, <laughs> it's coming out on exclusively on what's the what did IMDb change their name to for the app? Imdba. <laughs> no, I don't know what. Uh, what is it? Uh, Freeve. Oh, freebie. freebie. It's coming out exclusively <laughs> on Freebie. Yeah. You guys catch that? I just called it Freeve. I'd be making fun of me <laughs> if I were you. <laughs> No, I forgot that that was all because IMDb is owned by Amazon and Amazon owns Freebie. So I think that they just all, you know, shuffled some cards around there. I mean, I'm down if you can make it a Fathom event. I'll be there (laughs) as hey, but don't dim the lights and try to sabotage this movie. That's what big movies is trying to do to all of the important (laughs) messages out there from Jesus. Speaking of Jesus, we got uh, one for the books today on the old (laughs) Family Matters podcast, Jumping the Shuttle. That's what we are. One for the books. That's what you think. I, I, this was weak. This was weak sauce. This was, to me, by far, by far the weakest Christmas special we have had of Family Matters so far. Yeah. I, maybe. I think this one is historic. We'll have to discuss it when we get there. Oh, I think we might have the same take. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, well, also, there's no way. You, this is speaking of one for the books. John's going to be so mad at me after this episode is over. <laughs> this is one for the pop up books. All right. You can lower your standards <laughs> for a Christmas or holiday themed thing. And put it in a box for most of the year. And then when you get it out for that one month, you're like, oh, well, you know, I still like what's going on around me. I don't have to like this thing that much. Yeah, it's I mean, we talk about it all the time. The Christmas episodes are usually like the best ones. So like the worst Christmas episode is still like one of the better episodes of this show. Mm. Ah, Not this, not this one, though, (laughs) in my opinion. It's hard because we've had a couple like relatively good ones recently. Right. So to bounce off of like normally the Christmas one is like dragging you out of the depths of depression in the middle of the season when they're kind of slumping. But yeah, uh, this one is it's not the best. It's not. I don't know if it it may be the worst Christmas. I don't know. Uh, it's episode 82, season four, episode 10 of Family Matters entitled. It's beginning to look a lot like Urkel, not it's a wonderful Steve uh-huh. or it's uh-huh. an Urkel life or a- well yeah and that that anything? Uh, nobody well because uh, the rights expired right to it's a wonderful life so so that to me was like a slam dunk too it's like you can you can get away with it. I mean obviously you can do it because the whole episode is is <laughs> and they're just telling is you a, is a parody of it yeah. so why not just why just not not just tie the title into it too yeah it makes no sense we start off this one which is directed by uh john tracy who has quite a a a deep roster on this season he's he's starting quite a bit those two things don't go together don't worry about it uh (laughs) written by david duclon gary mentier only 22.2 million viewers this week uh Mm. which is still pretty impressive can Considering like a lot of the times, like the Christmas time of year, you don't like care about ratings as much because you're kind of like writing that period off because of other stuff. But okay, 
Deck the Halls plays as the Winslows are decorating the tree. I know, you know, the incidental music, you just pick one that's Christmassy at random, but there are actual tree songs that you could have played when you're opening up on a shot of decorating the tree and you decided to do deck the halls and they're not doing the hall right now. This is strike one. All right. You're 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 like you're seeing that they're not paying attention to all the details on this one. Carl, Eddie, Judy and Richie. Mm-hmm. I was wondering she doesn't get much to do in this one, but, you know, no, she this is her <laughs> last Christmas. Oh, is she the one that has a heart attack and then they got a then she has an angel that everybody guessed already in the trailer. Uh, what? Did you that last <laughs> Christmas movie? Everybody saw oh, the trailer that and they were like, one. "Oh yeah, it's a heart transplant." Yeah, I get it. Honestly, no, I already know the movie. And they were like, "No, no, see it." And they were like, "Yeah, no, you were right though." It was like it was so transparent that I saw through the film to the future where I am now. Like I literally forgot that they made a movie of that. (laughs) Urkel comes in with a big set of gas canisters strapped to his back and a a dispenser hose coming off the side. It's the amazing Urkel super turbo tree flocker. I don't like these early, at least with the gibberish later, they gave us something to work with on this one. All they're doing is adding Urkel and then like one other adjective to everything and what it is. And it's not as much fun for me. It's fine. It's fine. But you know who had fun in this episode? Is our rhyme correspondent coming in from (laughs) Rhyme City, the heart of Pokemon, uh, David (laughs) Kenny. Uh, please take rhyme it away. Rhyme city that you you gotta have the city have a rhyme in it. It seems uh, well. It's also spelled differently uh, with the Pokemon thing, uh, so I don't know. Go ahead, David. While I'm looking up. Um. Either way, I, I hate it. Um. <laughs> Carl has a a very prescient go home. Steve, put a pin in that. We're gonna need that later. Mm-hmm. And Steve says, "Fiddly D, what's this I see? Could it be a Christmas tree?" And Carl says, "Steve, go." <laughs> and Steve says, "I cannot go. Oh my! Oh no! Why this Christmas tree is without snow?" Carl says, "I'm not." interested he <laughs> says oh gosh oh gee a cranky mocker so rest your tush in this here rocker while i demonstrate my turbo flocker i don't i when it's this early in the episode i want to stop watching it i don't want to keep going i've done the most work i have to do for the podcast in the first minute and i'm like i, I i'm done now i don't want to do it anymore you think you had extra work Set decorator Melody had to find a rocker this week because David Duclon <laughs> wrote rocker into the script, which he didn't need to do because he already had the mocker. He could have just jumped straight to flocker, but they yep they really committed to the bitted. <laughs> also, like if I were Carl when when Steve is like, could this be a Christmas tree? I'd be like, yeah, no. Yeah, no shit. Like what? Uh, what obviously? You, you. <laughs> this is what you came be? here for. We know you look through the windows before you come in, so that you can make your entrance right. So everyone backs up. Some going up the stairs to get away from because they know something's gonna go wrong with this. Eddie physically picks up Richie and like gets <laughs> yeah. him out of the way. He's like, some of us have lived long lives, all right? We can breathe in this asbestos that's about to come out of this thing. 
so Steve is like spraying flocking for kids who don't know is this thing that they would do in like the 60 50s to 70s. I feel like is the like that's the sweet zone for flocking a tree, which is just like spraying stuff on it that makes it look like there's snow inside and it makes a big mess. And that's part of why people don't do it anymore, really. And especially a big mess if you're like using like a leaf blower engine to blow it out Mm -hmm. all over a tree, Mm -hmm. like on a movie set or TV show sort of place. And so it's like it's dripping all over the fucking like carpet and stuff before it goes haywire. And then it just starts. I think there's some countries you can't show this on like television (laughs) in the way it goes all over Carl's face here. It's Pompeii up in this bitch. Everybody's just covered in ash and uh, frozen in place. And it is look, the fun thing is that the prop department had to make a thing that actually works this week. Like the, the machine actually sprays out an ungodly amount of this fake snow everywhere. And then of course, little didt on this episode but it is kind of important that they set the tone here with uh Mm -hmm. did i do that because of later richie thought this was fucking awesome (laughs) that's the other part that's kind of (laughs) yeah no yeah eddie didn't eddie didn't need to pick richie up uh he was loving it he was loving this this is a guy thing (laughs) (laughs) so uh we cut to uh, I think might be a, a, a <laughs> the only episode where I get to write the scene heading of exterior mall day. That's fun mm. that we get to do that. Yeah, it was giving me a, it was giving me um, Lake Line Mall waiting for your ride outside mm. Lake Line Mall vibes. Yeah, except I remember those days in Austin. You can still wear shorts if you want to in December. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. They are doing like fake snow on all the people who are walking all the extras who have to, you know, make their way around like they're doing something here, including a charity Santa and Laura, who emerges to uh, sit on a bench and then is like, I'm just going to sit here and freeze rather than get in Steve's car that he pulls up because he's been stalking her and waiting for her to come out. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's it really threw me when mm. when she like wasn't expecting this because mm-hmm. he's right refused there the ride it's like what the hell is wrong with you man <laughs> you're just like just like waiting for her to show up like and a, the thing that struck what me a like psycho this is before cell phones like who's supposed to pick her up like if she we gets never find in out this car is somebody else going to show up later and be like, where the fuck is like, oh, God, is she mit- like, how is this supposed to work in a perfect world? Yeah, it doesn't seem like this is a bus stop. This just seems like benches yeah. in front of a mall. So I don't know. what. Well, I'm- you would, uh, you know, you would you would uh, use the old payphone and and call home. Be like, hey, I'm ready, you know, but you don't need to. If Steve's blitzened out, I is ready to pick you up There's a wreath on the front. The horn plays jingle bells, and there's lo- there's everything about that is illegal, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> not street legal. <laughs> it was at the point where I started really thinking about the giant Christmas tree lights that are strung all over this thing that I was like, 
where are they getting power from? Because like oh. this car barely goes five miles an hour. So what <laughs> how is it like it can't support this kind of extra oomph in the energy. But I'm worried that it's plutonium or uranium <laughs> or, you know, cheese. Well, if he's doing that, like, why doesn't he just power the whole car with plutonium so that it goes is faster it, than fa- five miles it, an hour? It's interesting that you would bring up that he has canonically on the show made the car go faster so he could just choose to do that <laughs> anytime, John. <laughs> Laura tells Steve her whole business, which you don't you don't have to do this. You don't have to talk to him. <laughs> she says she was at the mall to hand out toys to orphans put a little Christmas light in that. I want to come back to it while she was there. She also picked up a gift she had on layaway, which I think is like, obviously that still exists and there's like new forms of that stuff, but that seems like such a nineties thing to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now it's like, now it's buy now pay later. (laughs) Got to put it on Klarna. (laughs) So I remember fondly, in the mall in my small hometown, Christmas time, big Christmas tree in the middle, and it had little angel ornaments that were made out of paper. And you would like pay an amount and say, I'm going to bring some toys for like underprivileged or, uh, you know, orphans or what it's for kids who need toys. I'm going to bring a pack of toys. And he would even tell you, like, Donnie loves cars. So you'd be like, oh, well, I'll get some car stuff. I don't think to my recollection they ever dragged up these children who don't want to be in the spotlight as a bunch of pores <laughs> and made them stand there while the rich folks handed them the toys that they didn't want anymore because they were too good to have them now. I need you to look me in the eye and say thank you. I This is for me. It's not for you. <laughs> it's not for kids. It's not. Uh, but they can hit. Yeah, interesting. They get the toys and they don't like them. They can hit. <laughs> well, I, I think the uh, experience that you are recollecting is definitely the way to go. Okay. They didn't force the for real sure. one. Yes. Yeah. They didn't force a bunch of children to come up on a stage and say, all of these children's parents are dead. (laughs) So here's Tonka to make it better for you. Steve is like, oh, I'll help you carry this gift that you had on layaway. No problem. And then it, it, it falls and shatters audibly, both on the ground and then also again when he falls on top of it. And Laura says... That was a crystal vase for my mom. Yes, I <laughs> I wrote that down. It's the only wow. thing I put in my notes is <laughs> is vase instead of vase. On like what are every vase? What are y'all's thoughts? I I'm a vase guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I slap the vase. <laughs> what, what, what's y'all's? It's a good way to break it if you're looking to. What's y'all's pre- preference? Vase or vase? Where do you fall in this raging debate here? I'm a big vase head. I always oh, have yeah. been, always will be. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, same. I, a vase, but also, I mean, look, I, like I said, from small town in East Texas, I don't know if I should be trusted on how to say words. Yeah, vase is... Uh, it's, 
It's just fancy. It's too fancy. It's me. the Porsche of mm-hmm. holding flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you're trying to pronounce it right, I don't like that. All right. <laughs> My grandpa would say patio. Let's go out on the patio because that's how you say it in Spanish. And I'm wow. like, what? Right, gig, shut up. No, <laughs> we're not going to. <laughs> now, you've ruined it for me. <laughs> I will not be going to there. No. Laura is offered as a replacement for the vase Steve's gift that he got for his mom a handsome pair of earth shoes is this a, is this a brand is a brand right not like she's an alien and she she bought <laughs> he bought her shoes that people on earth wear is this a brand i should have looked it up but it would I explain a lot I, I, i'm sorry so happy to tell you john that Earth shoes were invented circa 1957 by Danish yoga instructor and shoe designer Anna Kalsl, uh with a. I'm going to do I, one more time. I, I, I simply cannot, unfortunately. <laughs> Her thing was see, people need to be walking the way their feet go in the sand, which is where your heel goes lower than the rest of your foot. So she designed crazy shoes where the front part is pushed up a little bit and the heel is dropped down. What? Okay, I gotta look these up. <laughs> Y'all continue, but I, I'm gonna have to look They're up a picture of negative what's going heel on here. Shoes. So in the 70s, they became like this countercultural thing. So they became very popular in the 70s, and then like she didn't know how to run a business. She a goddamn yoga instructor. What's she gonna do? <laughs> so the company dissolved in 1977 because it just like exploded. But then it resurfaced in the early 2000s. Like the brand name re- got revitalized. You can go buy Earth fashion brand stuff now, including shoes. But it's not the it's not the negative heel shoes anymore it's just regular shoes with like earth on them and they're (laughs) made from like rubber that didn't come from as many baby seals or whatever Mm -hmm. so it's like good for the earth but like the whole thing was this that you're walking like a weeble wobble and they took that completely away now that's not the thing but if you are on the hunt at the right thrift shop somewhere you could still find negative heel shoes boots and sandals to this day was the point to like is it like an exercise shoe is it like to make it more uncomfortable for you i think walking on sand sucks i think it's good for your balance and your alignment and your chakras probably Mm. (laughs) it's all about the chakra the chakras gotta be makes sense to me i don't know why anybody would feel weird about this and think this it's is like a bad those gift. like power bands that um athletes like wore in the early 2000s that were supposed to be good for your uh energy and whatnot and mm-hmm. turned out it was just a bunch of bullshit <laughs> well yeah and i every time you used the power bands to shock the band leader on your talk show it drains some of your energy right out of your body too <laughs> Laura says uh, she wants him to drive out of her life so she doesn't have to think about him, talk about him, or hear about him from now on. And he says he'll go, but he'll never stop loving her. 
after he said, oh, you don't mean that, which is his classic thing where he like literally cannot understand that when people are like, go away, I don't want you here now. He can't do it. That's like part of what makes him a menace. It's at this point when Steve's getting into his car all sad that I realize. I don't think this character is 16 yet. So interesting. I don't know if this thing is legally a car or not. Is it classified as a scooter? Yeah. Is it is it an enclosed tricycle? Is that how we're putting it on the DMV? Laura, very reasonably, says, for maybe the only time that I can think of, you always do this, you mess up my life, when I get mad about it, you make me feel guilty. Yeah. This is the formula. This mm-hmm. is what he always does. This is what he always will do. Laura. See, yeah, because I, I was so happy. She's like, oh, she's coming to her senses. This is mm-hmm. awesome. This is a huge moment. But we all know, we all know it. It it's not built to last because... We've been watching this in the wrong direction, <laughs> so we know a week, like next week's episode, yep. she's she's letting Steve get back on his bullshit. So this was also the point at which w- we were so close. <laughs> when she really maps it out like that, I go, "Oh, you're a girl who married her dad. You're somebody who has observed a pattern of behavior in the authority and the men in your life and then goes out and seeks it in the people that you date. That's that's a real bummer. <laughs> that's it like happens. One of my least favorite things about Carl is also one of my least favorite things about Steve. And they 100 percent both do it. So mm. Hmm. Hmm. Laura says she wishes Steve knew what it's like to be and of course it's a wonderful life is playing on mute in the tv window of the mall you know the one the tv window couldn't believe it so laura sits back down on the bench after steve very sadly uh just sort of put put putters away at the speed of carl on a vespa <laughs> and a man appears like via a cut he just is suddenly there next to her on the bench. And I was like, oh, they're doing like a a mysterious angel thing. That's like a fun thing that they've done with Santa in that other Christmas episode. <laughs> where you can be like, well, it could just be this is a man who's breaking into people's houses. Or he could be Santa Claus. There's... There's not as much wiggle room with mm-hmm. this episode. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's not as much ambiguity about what I'm supposed to believe about what's happening in the real world. She basically says, oh, what's your deal? And he's like, I'm an angel. She's like, all right, I guess I'm on board. He, he gives. All right. Let's 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 do it right. And then we'll get we'll get all through this. OK. Her angel is played by T.K. Carter. Uh, T.K. TK Jewelers' game. Mm. And <laughs> TK Carter is in all sorts of stuff. 
I saw him recently in an old thing. <laughs> I saw him as Nalls, the guy who roller skates around Antarctica in The Thing from the 80s, the John Carpenter mm. joint. You might have seen him as Clarence on the Sinbad show. He's in a bunch of episodes of that. The two people on this call have definitely seen him as Cliff on several episodes of Dave, the current Little mm -hmm. Dicky program. And absolutely no one saw him in the latter day Tex Avery cartoon, George and Junior's Christmas special, where he voiced two characters, one of which is Steve and the other, which is Santa Claus. <laughs> well, and he's played and he's played a character named Clarence. Um, so, OK, it's a wonderful life. Clarence mm. is the name of the angel, right? So, yes. The name of this. There you go. The name of this angel is Tyrone P. Jackson. I don't know why they need middle initials in heaven. I guess they were starting to run up against too many overlap. You know, like Michael, Gabriel, those guys like took the single name thing at the beginning. <laughs> and then you got to start adding last names. And then you run out of those eventually. Tyrone P. Jackson. I don't know if they knew this. And this is a, a homage. I certainly can't think so i think this is just a weird coincidence that that is also the name of a the young and the restless character from the 80s i just wish that they had um they had led all this up with or they had uh started all this with because you know and it's a wonderful life jimmy stewart go he runs towards the bridge and he's gonna he does he he jumps into the water yeah a spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen it also that's not a spoiler alerts work you're supposed to say it before you say the spoiler, but also that movie's been out for like a thousand years, so it's okay. Know. But uh, but yeah, what if what if they had done that in in this episode and had Laura like run back into the mall and like jump into the fountain? I don't know, get an orange Julius <laughs> and then jump into like the ball pit or something. That's I fine. Don't know. Just spitballing here. I just I just want to put this out there about the character of Tyrone P. Jackson from The Young and the Restless. He went under the alias of Robert for a while because he wore a lot of theatrical makeup and then had a dramatic reveal once he had successfully romanced Alana Anthony to let her know that he's black <laughs> because he had been white facing for a bunch of episodes. Well, he seduced the young heiress of this fortune. <laughs> you said this was the 80s? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's, uh, whew. he's played by the guy who uh, plays Cyborg's dad on the Doom Patrol TV show on HBO, if you're curious. Hmm. Whew. Okay. Um, so... When Tyrone is on the bench, Laura's like, I don't need to talk to men who say that they're angels, so I'm just going to leave. <laughs> and she gets up to walk away and uh, looks back at him just to make sure he's not following her because he's a weird man who just sat next to her on a bench and said he's an angel. He disappears from space. Mm -hmm. And then she turns around and he reappears. It's, it's a fade. Like, it's a long transition effect is not cuts it's not she's just blinking and he's this is a magic thing that's happening now <laughs> okay 
So this show up to this point has tried some <laughs> silly things. I think we can all say fairly that the science stuff doesn't work the way they think science is, but that's we have to sort of think that in the family matters reality, that's what science is. And science mm -hmm. is capable of those things. Where, where is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm along for the ride here. Where, 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 where is this, where is this going? Even with the Santa dog stuff, dude, where's my Santa? They had <laughs> some plausible deniability. Maybe it was magic. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just a guy who got the space helmet for Carl. But this motherfucker <laughs> in this episode is um he's a magic man. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's a it's just a it's a parody of it's a wonderful you life. You can't so. tell me now there's magic. You can't decide <laughs> in season four of a show that there's magic in the show now. <laughs> but they, I think their argument would be, but it, they it's, didn't do Sabrina goes to high school for four seasons and then turn her into a teenage witch at the at the afterwards. <laughs> I, mean, the I think their argument talk. would be though the my my what I always say is it's not canon. I think they would say this is just a parody of It's a Wonderful Life, and it doesn't live in the universe of Family Matters in the same way. I think my mm. biggest problem is that the magic in this episode has really big implications uh -huh. for what happens in the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah, I think. You may be on to something there, David. Let's talk about that again later. <laughs> also, just another punch-up corner here. Like they could have, um, they could have had some fun with how, you know, how Angel the Angel talks to, uh, you know, in It's a Wonderful Life. We we cut away and we see the, like the galaxy or the stars blinking. Mm -hmm. and Clarence is talking to God or whatever. Uh, could have had some fun with that, and we're in the '90s. Like maybe, maybe he gets like a, a ring on his beeper, and he's got to go to a payphone, and he's talking to God or something. That's I don't fun. Know. I like that. It's just ideas. <laughs> I just my problem with this episode is it just it, there there was some fun potential here, but it just lands so flat. Especially once we actually get into like the role reversal, you know. Like once we actually get into the "It's a Wonderful Life" like piece of it, yeah. it's it's just disappointing, you know. I I genuinely think like either Bickley Warren or so, you know whoever was like pitching this was like, we need to do a role reversal thing. I don't care about how we get there or like what even happens in it, but that's that's what we're gonna do because that's what people will pay attention to. People will tune in because they will see in the commercial, oh, they're gonna do this thing. So I don't think they put any like work into all the trappings around it, which is oftentimes when we have to fill in some gaps on our own for how things are connected <laughs> and what the implications are. So Tyrone, oh, he says, he, he says, call me Ty. So I'll try to call him Ty. Be respectful Please. of the angel here. Also, anybody who's going to come at me and say, oh, it's not magic. It's God stuff. Oh, yeah. Is that what you want to go there? <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Ty says he doesn't have wings because he hasn't earned them yet. And he doesn't have a harp because he plays keyboards. 
he says keyboards throughout the set. I don't know if he's a he's a he's double fisting those bad boys. What's his plan? Well, yeah, sometimes you got the big one on the bottom. You got the little synth up top. You got a double fister right yeah, there. Yeah, you do the right and Isn't the left. We, normally, though, you say I play the key. Oh, no, that's not true. I guess you say I play the keyboard, I guess. You can say I'm the sure keys. I got no problem mm-hmm. with that. But keyboards is weird. He's going <laughs> to prove that he's an angel, which... This motherfucker just teleported and he's going to be like, well, you need more proof. Let me help you out here, Laura. He pulls out what he calls a remote control that I like almost had a heart attack (laughs) seeing Mm -hmm. this. This is crazy. It looks eerily like a modern smartphone and particularly like the first gen iPhones. Yeah. This motherfucker whipped it out and I was like, ah, the future. I believe him. Like, I was so confused for a second that I was like, oh, well, they're doing like a thing about how like and I was like, no, no, they don't know that yet. But this is just a crazy yeah. coincidence. Yeah. He says, are you tired of snow and then pushes a button on the remote? And what I think the show wants me to believe is that he. Stops it snowing. But what he does is he pauses the snow. He pauses it. So it's just sort of hanging. Mm -hmm. And then Laura, who sees a bunch of snow that's suspended in midair, says that could have been a coincidence. (laughs) And then he pauses people. (laughs) It's almost backwards because like in a post flash mob era saying I pause people is much less convincing to me than just changing physics and the weather. (laughs) And. He's like, I got to get you your wish. All right. It's the thing. You know, the TV, it's playing right here. That that thing. That's what we're doing, because I got to earn my wings, because if you go to a restaurant in heaven and you don't have your wings, they sit you right next to the kitchen. Again, with the like the seating, like these old (laughs) Jewish men that are writing this show. That's all they care about. They just want the good seats in the restaurant. Jim Gagan's a nice Irish boy. I won't hear you say such a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird that they did the seating by the kitchen thing twice, like pretty close to yeah. each other. Also, like, there's some real questions about like the economics of heaven that I <laughs> have based on this episode. Well, he didn't say you have to pay for the restaurant. But... Who, yeah, I would hope it's like an all-inclusive resort situation. I would hope. But is it? Fingers crossed. Who's the heaven bus boy? Is it? <laughs> is it somebody in hell? Is that sort of there? They gotta. You you know it's what you make it. How? Or do the angels have to like do a like kind of work release program? They they do the the. They bring around the steak on the big skewer sometimes, but other times they can be eating the steak. (laughs) Steve is going to find out what it's like to be Laura, because that was her wish. I would really argue here, that's not what happens. Remote control turns on all the little TVs, and uh, we get to watch and then get sucked into a reality that is broadcast on ABC, the Angel Broadcasting Channel. 
I mean, they were on ABC for a while, but then the last season, they had yeah. to move to the Christmas broadcast station. <laughs> and everybody knows that it's not as good and nobody really remembers it. Interior, living room, day. Eddie needs money. Yeah, I feel like we could get through this in like five minutes. <laughs> what happens in the rest of this episode? It's like, it's a nothing burger to me. It's just, I ha- it's so disappointing. I had that thought, but I took very detailed notes. I think I just want to like make sure we're accurately representing what happens here. I don't know if we need to go into as much detail as I have, but I did write down a lot of it just because they are they're at least a little bit careful about the beats. Now, none of it is like good or successful or funny. But they are like careful to match things, and and it, it, it's like poetry it rhymes. So Eddie says he needs money for presents, and Carl says, "Why not give me cash for Christmas?" And then just puts his his money back in his own wallet, and that's that's funny to me as a dad now, where I'm like, I don't want the thing. That, you're you're not gonna. That is that is why I do not remember ever. Um, that's bold. Like, I don't think I ever asked my parents, like, hey, can I borrow some money to buy you a Christmas present? Like, that's pretty bold. Man. That's When I was a middle schooler <laughs> and especially stupid, I had my bo- my dad, like, drive me to the store. I picked out some stuff and then had him, like, I was like, don't look while you're paying <laughs> for it. Because I'm not, I don't have any money. I'm 12. <laughs> Carl says the most chilling line I've ever heard in my life, which is, Eddie, why can't you manage money like your brother Steve? (laughs) (laughs) And Stephen Q. Winslow comes downstairs in a toned-down version of his usual glasses sort of sweater thing. It's like a... It's it's loose, all right? And the glasses aren't it's red. The, uh, it was the beta... It was the beta version of, of mm. what became uh, Stefan. This was the beta testing. It really is. Like, it's I genuinely just, think He's you're doing right. the lower voice. Like, it's... Well... It's, he just take the glasses as... Well, as he can at this point in his development, we can, we can talk about it now. I had the the note later, but yes, he's doing a like normal Jaleel White voice, and yeah. like this is the point in time where he's Sonic the Hedgehog on the TV. So like it's it's you know uh, he can speak normally at times, but also he's still a little baby boy. He can't do yeah. it all the way down there. Like he can later on when he's fake playing the piano. So it's kind of the hard. keyboards. Yeah. All of them. One of each, please. <laughs> There's also like a little nice touch where they're mimicking what Laura's wearing. So she's wearing like a lot of yellow and he in this like fantasy is wearing a yellow shirt uh, underneath his sweater, which is, yeah, they were, somebody was thinking somewhere. All right. I got to give credit where it's due when it happens. So Ty explains that he has swapped Urkel and Laura's lives. And then a nightmare comes to real. (laughs) I thought there were monsters on the earth. (laughs) Laura bursts in in steve attire that's also holiday colors she's Mm -hmm. coordinated for the season i will actually say later seasons her urkel impression gets much better than it is yeah 
Which is interesting because this is like half an episode is her doing an Urkel impression and it's not as good as it gets later, which is in many ways actually reassuring. Like you're like, okay, this like this, this I can imagine that this is still a normal human being under there somewhere. Commercial come right back where we left off. Except Ty is like blue skadoo, you can too, and zaps Laura into Laura Urkel's body. But I guess just as a passenger, like she can't. It's weird, right? She can't do. She's still acting like Urkel, even though you would think, oh, this is normal Laura, so she can like grab the controls in there and mm-hmm. steer this in the right direction. She doesn't like snap to consciousness and is like, oh, what's happening? Why? It's not like a werewolf type thing. No, it's it just continues on being uh, horrible. So they do a lot of like sort of classic Urkel exchanges, either things that have been exactly said elsewhere or like the types of things that he would say. So. You know, Steve is like, what do you want, Laura? And she's like, your hand in marriage, but I'll settle for a Christmas kiss. There's a lot of Banaka action throughout this mm-hmm. scene, as we've seen quite a bit in this season, which is interesting. There's also the thing where, like, he's insulting her, but she talks about not as bad as he did last week. So she does the I'm wearing you down, baby. Mm-hmm. And I d- I wonder how well established that is because it's one of those things that I really don't like especially because it is born out in the text it is proven to be true at some point so it's also like I don't know how you guys felt about this and I'm not saying it's right or yeah but (laughs) it felt less predatory coming from a girl than it does from a boy and I know that's like fucked up like gender roles yes but I I it's not as upsetting to me as it it normally is. There's a, there's a few things going on here. One of them is that the other is the thing that we've talked about before, which is that as we go back in time and it's like little kids goofing. You're like, oh, this is like silly yeah. fun. They're not really. Like, she talks about having his fucking babies here mm-hmm. in a second, but it's not <laughs> like they're not re- they're not having babies right now. They're 15 years old. That's like, not what Ted said. I look, I don't even want to go through all that right now. <laughs> Harriet appears for the first time in this episode, and it's not in reality, and that made me sad. <laughs> uh, and I also got really sad for Kelly S. Williams as soon as I saw that Harriet is carrying a gigantic iced out gingerbread house yeah even even the audience knows they're like hey but they make it clear here they've mapped steve and carl's relationship onto laura and harriet because she calls harriet big gal it's clever it's fun but also harriet is wearing a blue sweater underneath that blue sweater is a yellow shirt and don't you dare comment on harriet's weight while she's wearing a yellow shirt now we know why next week she doesn't want to wear yellow anymore well david again this i look i look again this light is blinking do we need to replace it on the strand i don't know but is this reality did this really Some magic happen? is real they say it's a work of art 
and Laura Urkel says, no, it's a work of Harriet. Ha. And she does the snort, which she can do good. That that part is, mm-hmm. she nails. And in snorting, she slaps Steve Winslow on the back. And then he and Carl and Eddie all collapse onto the cake house, onto the table, smash it to smithereens. Because it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's been iced for a while apparently because like, this stuff is real dry and uh, nobody is all gooped up in this one which i thought was actually nice they say you need to go home and laura urkel says a thing that i i could not believe and i i think if steve had said it the show would not have only been canceled i think some people would have been tried and possibly executed <laughs> Because she said she built an automatic poultry stuffer that mistook her mom, Dr. Urkel, for a Christmas goose. Whoa. And stuff. It's it's stuffed her. It's stuffed her. I can't. There's so much going on in this episode. That one flew right past oh, me. Oh, did it? I... Because everybody goes, what did she say? And Laura Urkel says, she said, wow! And then like jumps up like someone is wow. stuffing her. Stuffing her goose. I... <laughs> <laughs> We also do get a did I do that from Urkel, uh, Laura Urkel, and the audience goes fucking feral for it. They are so mm-hmm. they love this whole thing. They're so into Laura doing the thing. She's got like side pigtails the and like it's all really weird. Yeah, and I don't have an issue with uh, they're they're having fun and I Kellyas Williams is giving it her all like, mm-hmm. but I just like. It just the parody of it is so half baked and mm. they never like leave the living swamp. room, you know, yeah. and we don't get to, you know, I think if you were doing this uh, more effectively, like you would spend less time on this scene and more time on the aftermath of it. And we follow Laura around more and see what her life has become, you know, yeah. But they don't do any of that. It just, it just, uh, it. We're just in the living room for for like two thirds of the episode, recreating the scene that we just had in the real world. You know, I foolishly thought like that for a second as well when they said like, "Oh, we're gonna put you in Urkel's life to see what it feels like to be him." I also thought like, oh, you're just going to see him be like rejected by all these people. You're going to see his home life is fucking lonely and miserable. Like he's a danger to himself and everyone around him. And then I realized, no, they just want to do the same. They want to use the script that they already had written and then just have a girl do it instead of a guy. And that's like the funny part now. It's a funny costume joke. It's funny costume. She puts on other costume. That's funny. Yeah, it's great. So here's the point where she's like, I want to have your babies. And he's like, I want you to get out. And then he says the same thing. Laura said earlier, he, uh, he's dead. I don't, it, it, he says, I don't want to think about you, hear about you, any of that stuff. 
And also, like, it, it, I can't, uh, uh, Steve is, I think, just objectively, like, needing to work on himself. So oh, yeah. I feel like, like, just recreating that dynamic of having the roles reversed, like, in us not seeing any of, of the aftermath of it or anything, like, it, it doesn't do much for me. Like, I'm, I don't, I don't feel like sorry for Steve after seeing this, you know? It's the same thing that we've said all the time. And, and like Laura explains here in a second, she's like inside that body. I could like feel how much emotion he had or, you know, I had in his shoes. I could feel how in love and overwhelming that is. You can feel anything. Doesn't you, you never go to jail for feelings, but <laughs> it's what you do based on those feelings. <laughs> For good or ill, that is how other people around you are affected and judge you and like whether or not you are a good person and a valuable member of society. He's a good cop, <laughs> but he's 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 not. No, no, he's not. And he's not. He's not a cop and he's not. He's not. Good. And also the cops on this show, not good cops. Not good guys. I don't. Th- I don't think <laughs> also, any of them. Harriet, as like she's being ushered upstairs because she's gonna fucking kill Laura Urkel. Oh she's yeah, like, she's oh, gonna good. do the Is chase that where out. You keep your gun. <laughs> <laughs> give Harriet more stuff. Just give her more stuff. She's great. Give her a gun. I don't care. So let's see what happens. <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> Look, I got a feeling. <laughs> right. She can feel however she feels, and then the decisions she makes about what to do, that's how we get to judge her. So, yeah, Steve Winslow says, uh, get out, get out, get out of my life, and uh, closes the door on her, and then uh, fake snow falls on her. Now, come on a, come on a little Christmas sleigh ride with me. <laughs> Let's go for a sleigh ride. <laughs> oh my god the crucial part of what laura said to steve in the opening was the wish she made at the end about how she wanted him to feel what it's like to be her that made this this new universe we only hear from steve on camera all of the stuff up previous to that about i don't want to hear you i don't want to think about you we never go back to steve winslow we don't know what the rest of his life is like but if he's feeling like laura he would also hang on make a wish stop and so in that reality (laughs) tyrone come down Mm -hmm. from heaven ty please Oh, I I keep thinking of the the Lauren Hill. You better call Tyrone. (laughs) I have that (laughs) stuck in my head because she calls him and he comes. But it's it's possible (laughs) that all these are not fantasies, that these are persistent realities in which like consciousnesses are being shared between different things, which could mean that all all the other stuff that we've seen could be taking place 
in that one and they're just inception style cascading up back to like the higher reality and we're about to break on through to the other side because and all that other stuff magic's not real okay but now you're telling me there's angels with the angels and demons and they go to a restaurant and it's the hot coals that they pull out of people that they how they heat up their barbecues now, where does the vacuum universe play into Well, this? I'm glad you asked, David, because isn't it convenient that Steve in a super science world, when he vacuums it all up, guess what, baby? There's a whole other reality just waiting there for you. So all you have to do is go up to that reality and... God, it really would be confusing if two Steves showed up all of a sudden and then there was like, <laughs> wouldn't that seem strange to everyone? Oh, wait, that happens all the time. That's a perfect cover over there for that Steve to come in and take over that universe because in that one, Laura cares about him because she was in his shoes for a little while. She has seen how things progress and she knows how the cookie crumbles inside of her heart. When when father carves the the goose got stuffed and that's that's your mom, man. Now, when I said, oh, we probably have the same take on this episode. I have a little crumb of that cookie. And okay. I think I'm the rest is. Hey, congrats, man. Yeah, I. We all get to think. John's just taking we... a water break. He's not coming back. I don't think. Yeah, I. Sorry, I just. I. I you have nothing I to add because uh, it's waterproof. It's airtight. That I goose is I'm cannot not on be that stuffed higher, any higher. I'm not on that elevated level of of, of <laughs> thought that y'all are on. I'm sorry. You got to be up uh, in maybe heaven. Maybe I'll get there down. someday, but I just didn't. I just. A very, very, you know, very cookie cutter um, thing right. to say, but I just wasn't a fan of this episode. You're cutting you know, the so. cookies, I'm crumbling them, and David is picking up the scraps. Did you have a piece you want to run with here? I, the only thing that I took away from this episode uh -huh. is that when she gets back, she said, Laura says to Ty, she says, I looked like a nerd. I acted like a nerd, but I had feelings just like anybody else. And to me, that's the first time she empathizes with Steve yes. as a human being. And that is 100% the door creak. I think so, too. She can start to see him as a human and eventually begin to love him in but this But the problem reality. is that Steve doesn't have empathy. You know yes, what I mean? Like he does a problem. Empathy. That's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. Mm -hmm. You can't meet somebody all the way. There has to be a little. It doesn't have to be halfway. It doesn't have to be perfectly even on some things that never will be. But everybody's got to move a little bit, okay? <laughs> so Laura is like, I, I wish that I hadn't yelled and hurt Steve's feelings. And Ty says, now that's the wish I'm really here to grant, which is, okay, we're just doing future stuff now. We can just like see into the future. Why did So you have earned your wings if you exist in like multiple <laughs> times as well and you know about... <sighs> 
Don't get me started because you're doing it. There's a, already a clairvoyant joke right here because he says, I got to hurry up because I got to find a Christmas present for God. <laughs> also, this, I don't know. I, this premise, like, it, it just doesn't. Like, I want, I want the outcome of this to be Steve uh, realizing he needs to change. Yeah. Would have been uh, great. But then they could the never show. The way they've set this up, like, it's just not possible. <laughs> I, think, I think that they want Steve to be the same forever and get very upset toward the end of the show when he's like, Can't, just, like a, just like 2% less, please. Because, like, that's their money ticket. That's, is that what that is? The money train? The, the gravy? No, the money the, ticket. The gravy ticket. Gravy, the gravy train, I think is what you're... <laughs> well, God forbid the gravy robbers roll up on that train one of these days, because... <laughs> They'll throw Urkel out of it! Uh... <laughs> Ty says uh, a thing that you didn't, need, you didn't need to do it this way. You didn't have to do this. He says, every time a star lights up, an angel gets his wings up. He doesn't say the up because it doesn't rhyme like the other one that people know that is famous. And you could just say it. It's not that part's not copyrighted. You already said we're doing the it's a wonderful. You can say every time a bell rings an angel. Get, you can say that. You could not. You could have done that for the show. Well, they could have done a lot of things yeah. uh, for this episode, uh, but they didn't. So I really thought they were going to do the thing where Steve never existed, and like she's yeah. seeing like how much value yeah. he brings to her life. Yeah. But nope. Nope. A, a, a different one. Yeah, I thought it would have been like, oh, Steve wasn't there to like save your dad's life that one time, even though <laughs> and that now he's dead was <laughs> arguably like part that was his like fault and also, whatever. Yeah. But it's also like, oh, Steve wasn't there to like kill uh kill everyone in the the kitchen like every yeah. pretty much mm-hmm. every episode yeah. either. So that that you gotta take that into consideration too. Win some, like, you lose some. Uh definitely uh, without him, definitely uh less uh, uh fear for your life on a daily mm-hmm. basis, I'd say. Mm-hmm. You need to pay <laughs> normal insurance rates. It's still not good, but it's gotta be better. Yeah, I mean these are all uh these are all good things. So So Ty, if you're really looking out for somebody and you can rewind time, which you do here with your little rewind button on your iPhone remote, Steve doesn't have to break the vase again. You don't have to do that. <laughs> I think he does that in every reality. You can't fundamentally change that. So, Laura says the important thing is you're okay. Can you give me a ride home and also come to Christmas Eve with my family that I have not asked about this? And they don't like you and don't want you there. <laughs> Except for Richie, who thinks you're just going to blow up a bunch of fake snow everywhere again, and you're not. So it doesn't he's matter. Not he's, like it. He'll just show up regardless. He doesn't need an invitation. He'll just invite himself. She says, is that all right with you? And he says, is Mrs. Claus a chubby chaser? Come on. Come on. What the fuck? It's so out of pocket. And I... This is so unnecessary. This is way worse than anything else they do in the episode in an episode 
other than the one where they talk about the Dr. Urkel getting stuffed because that was the, <laughs> that's the worst thing they've ever said on the show. Period. I can't believe I missed it. I gotta go back and watch it again. The, the violent physical movement that Laura does when she goes up <laughs> on her toes to get away from something stuffing her from underneath is so fucked up. <laughs> Credits. Interior living room night. The tree lighting. Only uh oh. The star didn't light up at the top. Carl's going to have to take apart all the lights and the wires. And Aunt Rachel says, who cares? (laughs) I don't fucking (laughs) care about this tree. (laughs) I'm barely here anyway. (laughs) I thought that was going to be it for her. I was really worried. Uh, Steve drags Laura into the kitchen to ask if her feelings have changed toward him or if she suffered a nervous breakdown. She says... Feelings have changed, not the way you think. Just going to try not to hurt your feelings. And he says, you love me, don't you? And it's that thing and, and that they've done in a bunch. And I don't know if the, this could be the start of it. Like they really like emphasize it in a way that this could be the first time. I don't know. And then Richie's like, holy shit, that star is about to explode. Because <laughs> it's going supernova on top of this tree. It's yeah. so bright. And Laura says, way to go, Ty, and hugs Urkel. And he's like, nervous breakdown. That's that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's fine. And then, look, I, had a lot of, I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> but then this Yule log really starts cooking because this was that good, good shit I've been waiting <laughs> for. I would have forgiven the whole, everything that came after. If you did this at the beginning. Like, just give me, bookend it a little bit. Give me something to get me through this. Uh, this is the only good part of the episode for me. This That's is, really uh, this is it. It, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't save it. Like, no. it's not enough to, to redeem the rest of the episode, but uh, at least it, you know, at least it ends on a good note. Uh, literally a good note. Uh, so. uh, Telma Hopkins stands up in the way that is like, let me break it down for you. <laughs> She's like, whatever was going on, it's not going on no more. Because I'm about to tell you what time it is. And it's time to sing, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Bringing everyone to arrange themselves on the stairs to perform for... The audience. The rocking chair. Yes, the audience. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, in a bizarre decision, there's both onstage harmonies and ADR added in harmony track listen oh come all you faithful is one of the hardest songs to harmonize it's, the christmas song it's nearly impossible it's so the melody is so <laughs> sparse there's like nothing going on you need the backup for this you can't handle this one by yourselves you need the professionals but i was just i was so confused because like carl is clearly like doing a like bass part that is not only like lower but different from like it has you know different notes but like then you just hear another man's voice happening in this house <laughs> while they're all singing and it's not Eddie uh it's really it's weird and then and then the camera pulls back over away from the couch i through a window that I have to believe now has been behind the television this whole time. 
You put your TV in front of a window so that you can't see it none of the times? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe that's just where the outlet was. And there wasn't any other choice. I don't know. You get a cord. You can do it even back in 1990s times. But you look at the you look at the layout of the lid. Where else are you going to put the TV, though? It's the only wall that makes any sense. To tape it over the fireplace. Be a, an innovator. That's what everyone does. And now they just do it with <laughs> bolts and screws. And then when they but move then, out, then, then, they then take, you're, leave holes then you're in putting your the couches. You're putting the couches like across, like... But but that's by the stairs though, so people are just gonna be walking in front of the TV all the time as they come up and down up. the stairs. I'm, Over Eddie, look, I'm telling you, I've seen, <laughs> I have seen as many episodes of this show as 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 you have. More. I know the layout of the living room. <laughs> I know it is. It's not possible. But inside it, the it's closet, the only wall in the it makes sense. <laughs> Run the other option is is over around. on the wall where the kitchen door is, and that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> people are going to be coming in and out of the kitchen all the time with their hoagie sandwiches. John is more heated about this than he was about the alternate dimension. Like, you fucked up now. Now you fucked up. Don't come at me with, I know the living room layout. I know it very well. I know it like, like the back of my hand. They better have hands. heavy drapes over these oh. most of the time because you're not going to be able to see the TV with the light shining through most of the time. But it's oh, I'd rather right have now. that than people uh, coming up and down the stairs all the time while I'm trying to watch the Bears-Packers football game. <laughs> Can't have it on the stairs if Grandma Ninja's playing. People are going to trip down the stairs with all the Nintendo cords. So this, an image of them through the window, which is not clear in any way because they've, it's bad. They then morph that into a Christmas card, the front of a Christmas mm -hmm. card. Oh and my then, God, the most like, the most standard deaf <laughs> Christmas card bullshit like you can't make out if you if you had never seen this show before oh my the, god the amount of pixels that are available <laughs> is not enough like you can't make out who is who in that photo but still it, they took like a, a they took like a one pixel photo <laughs> and blew it up for for the tv show and it, it's it's so blurry but you can't still you can't make out any of it exactly just enough pixels for you to tell that they were trying to make it look like frost was gathering on the glass of the window and just used packing tape that they gathered on around the edges to be like it's like it's, it's like a layer of it's cold but kind of see-through that's fine that picture CGI swirls around to show us the inside of the green Christmas card that says family matters, wishes you and yours a happy, happy holiday season, which it's a little late not to commit to Christmas at this point, guys. You just sang a fucking Jesus being born song. <laughs> yeah. This is not Hardcore a Jesus holiday song. one. And uh, tell you what. I'm stupid because I was like, all right. You got me <laughs> like, I don't even if I, none of that angel stuff was working for me. But somehow this Jesus song just put the good feels inside of my bod. I have a very complicated relationship with Christmas because um, it's work at this point and I don't want to do it anymore. But right now it's July 29th and we are currently having our Christmas audition right now <laughs> because we're like people are booking us for Christmas right now. 
And this got in just under the wire. This oh. is like the first Christmas episode. I was like, I, I get it. I see why people. But you get to me next month. I don't want to hear about this anymore. It's just unfortunate that it's it's just such a uh, bad episode. Yes. You know, because, you know, there's been some really good ones. Uh, this is not one of them. I do want to say because so I'm sorry that it had. To, I'm sorry it had to be this one. Oh yeah, for you. This I'm sorry. This wasn't a good thing to do. I, 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 we didn't really talk about his performance at all. But T.K. Carter in the role of Ty the Angel, I thought he was delightful. I thought he mm-hmm. personally was very good, very charming. I can see why he was on like a bunch of other shows and not just in like tiny parts, but in like significant chunks of them and stuff. So, uh, T.K. Carter, uh, well done. He has, I think, like, shout out three movies coming out this year that he has parts in so he's still still doing it yeah so uh happy holidays thanks for stopping by this universe i hope that it (laughs) treats you well enough that you think you want to stay and not wish your way into another wonderful life that you might have somewhere else out there Cause it could be that you'd be happier somewhere else. Cause sometimes the vacuums they come and they take your universe <laughs> away, and you don't can't live there anymore. And also, Carl, he got <laughs> he knows about that vacuum. He's like, man, my wife's really bothering me. Can you just kind of make her <laughs> go away to somewhere else and then make a new one out of jeans? Uh, can you do that? Nurkle's like, man, I saw the exact nun that I'm going to steal hair from (laughs) to make this happen. That's it for the show. That's it for for all time until you email us. Um, I can't commit to that. We're probably going to do another show even if you don't email us. (laughs) Um... I don't know. Can we explore that? Uh, no. That first option. <laughs> Sorry, that was a different universe. I already wished it away. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I want to say uh, you know, go ahead and email us at jumpingtheshell uh, at gmail dot com mm-hmm. for uh, you know any any like living room floor plan <laughs> suggestions you oh, might have. This is you're gonna be trouble now. I can tell you're gonna. This is gonna be a little grit in my earth shoe from now until eternity. Oh, we have an email as well. We have a couple of emails. What is it from? Yeah, Katiana Saslova from Slavongia, and she needs to come to this country. And she says that she reached out to us on Twitter. No, this is. Uh, <laughs> So we got to, we got one here from the Claw. It says that's, a, that's a, okay during person sure during your recap of Muskrat Love, you guys glossed over Judy screaming about Chris wiping his mouth with a napkin she took. I was interested in your comments since Judy has a few episodes to shine. It's one of her more prominent moments so far. Although she may be uh, new to you guys since she wasn't in the other seasons you recapped, it's still interesting to hear her to hear your theories. And where she went in your interpretation of the background of her character. Oh, well, that's easy since you brought it up is that she found out that Urkel could clone people and she had Cross or Chris be cloned into a little uh, like kid version. And then they went off and Bonnie and Clyde their way around the world and were doing crimes all over the place. <laughs> I was going to say, this is right up Alex's alley. I, 
I welcome to the I Alex Alley. Alex. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's dark in here because we use a lot of curtains to keep the light out so we can see the TV in the right spots. I just I it just makes me sad that that we don't see more of her. I don't. Yeah, not also, much at all. Very interesting. She wasn't in the alternate universe that they flashed back where Laura is an Urkel. She just 100 percent was not in there. Well, interesting. You should bring that up, David. <laughs> Wouldn't it be really strange if the people on this show just forgot that there was another member of the family? Wouldn't it make more sense that, like, maybe Judy never existed in all those other places? Because if Laura has an angel, why shouldn't Judy? Why shouldn't she go into a place and be like, well, my dad keeps talking about the tall ships. I'm just going to go become... <laughs> a pirate instead of <laughs> being around here it's not fun and we got another one here okay uh, also from the claw we don't want to spread these out the last we we don't want to we don't want to blow our whole uh <laughs> flocking on this one we, we don't get them all the time but he says i'm just i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it um they say, I noticed in your last episode, you mentioned they lingered on a group shot before the Warner Brothers logo. The reason for this is because seasons one through four had an end credit logo for uh, Lorimar Television originally. When Family Matters went on to HBO Max, now known as Max, they remastered the episodes to make it HD, but they also made a few changes, notably, re notably removing the Lorimar logo in seasons one through four and adding the WB Shield instead. Oh. So there you go. Hmm. I, huh? I would have. I would have. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I. I know it's not up to not that the Warner Brothers wants to slap their logo on there, but uh, something nice about keeping it as originally aired with the Laura Moore Television oh, yeah. Shield. You know, by so. far prefer to see the original version of basically anything. But uh, you know, while they were in there, you know, while uh, while they were in there doing whatever reformatting for HBO Max, they could have uh, they could have gotten in there, I think, and. Uh, swapped out the shot of eddie uh you know working on the car i think <laughs> for this season when he doesn't have the car yet so i'm just saying i would have been okay with them updating that so those are my two pressure points you don't want to get at me with with the tv placement uh or or the fact that eddie's working on a non-existent car well uh, i mean look speaking of tv placement maybe it's a good idea for a post-season uh goof em up episode for us to like try to figure out what the actual order is because we're going in order of the episodes aired on television not shot or intended to be aired or anything like that so maybe we do a little shuffle up and deal if that sounds good to you, get at us on social media. Th thank you, Claw. Uh, yeah, I'm thank sure. you. Thank you for your emails. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Thank you for checking us out. And I, I like and subscribe. You know you'll get that. And uh, that we'll someday. keep it going. We have. Um, I know it feels like we're making progress, but we have a long way to go. No. <laughs> many, many more episodes. We're about to be in the single digits of season four. That's that's that seems like a lot of that progress to me. I don't know. Uh, we got we got 81 episodes that's to go not that much. We do that in a day. 
It's it's show show in a day. The new business. We're gonna do this uh, Avatar style. We're just gonna we're you know film it all at once. We're just gonna record it all at once. Bank them. Knock it out. All right. Well, it hasn't really worked well when we've done two in a row, uh, two days in a <laughs> row. So I can't imagine eighty uh, will be <laughs> having any brains in our heads anymore. But yeah, the, at us with your brains on social media yeah tell us what's going on in your head you don't gotta act it out you know but just tell us what's going on in there and you're a good person in there you're doing so great and you're not being bad and stuffing Mm-mm. the people that don't want to have you do that Yes, I think we can safely say that is that's the jumping the shuttle promises. None of our listeners <laughs> stuff people when they don't want to be stuffed because <laughs> they think they're poultry. And I did recently confirm that you can rate us on Spotify. <laughs> Even if you don't listen on Spotify, you can go on there and uh, give us a five star <laughs> rating and you can rate five stars for any part of the show that you like. Okay, you <laughs> like the rhyme time. You give us five stars for that. You nope. like John being very silly about the TV and taking that <laughs> living in fantasy it's not world. Silly. It's not silly. It's practical. You can give that five stars. It's practical. Or if you wanted the real practical in-depth discussions from me about what reality is and where the angels are putting things in the outfield, you can give us five stars <laughs> for that. Okay. Okay. <laughs>